0: Out in the old frontier. I don't know, actually. It's actually beautiful
1: here. How is it where you are, Jared? It it's good. I was getting a little freaked out, JT.
0: Well, listen, this is a it's it's our episode 51. We're talking about roughing it. So I was thinking I would do like a good Sam Elliott sarsaparilla sort of thing. Uh, but you know, we could
1: also just not do that. <laughs> well, I think Dark and Stormy Night also is more like horror-ish than roughing it. Oh well, yeah, that's true. But I like when I think of
0: camping, I think of like you know campfires. I don't necessarily think of like hanging out out in the sun. Although that is part of camping.
1: Well, let's just be really clear right off the bat. I only have so many episodes, so many picks that actually involve fire. Just just so we're all on the same page right away. Oh, interesting. Right away.
0: Let's see. Uh, um, I think almost all of mine
1: involve fire in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> I have no fire in. Three, four, four-ish picks. Well, that that's not completely true. There, fire, fire definitely happens, but it's not necessarily you know a rowdy campfire kind of moment. Got it, got
0: it. Okay. Well, this, uh, we're right into it, man. Like, so, what was it? What, how was making your list for our roughing it episode?
1: Well, JT, when I sent you that note the other day, I was like, so we're, we're clear that the title's roughing it, not camping-related themes. It became a ton of fun. And my initial working list, no joke, this week hit like, I think this is about 37 or so titles.
0: Wow, that's a lot.
1: Now, I was I, like, I took away about 20 of them pretty quick from it, but they all, you know, when I just kind of did my, go through my list, see what are the movies I feel like talking about. But when I really got into that spirit of what's roughing it, and just that theme of like, what that could mean and could imply, I had a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Funny enough is I also just came from a weekend of what they call glamping, (laughs) which I would call more like really, really lousy hoteling. Right, right. Because you're not doing any of the real camping stuff. No. And it's definitely not as good as a hotel. Nope. So I'm not sure what to do with all that. It was nice not to have to pack the tent, though. Yeah, it's basically just outdoor hoteling. Yeah, without service. Correct. But for often close to the same price.
0: Right. Uh, same price and not as good accommodations that are because they're outside. So, uh, yeah, it's a really good trap, actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah, my Titanium Elite status did not get me a thicker tarpaulin,
0: <laughs> right. for example. Right. As it turns out, the, the W Hotel doesn't <laughs> – they don't swing through and give you some nice
1: mints on your outside pillow. <laughs> Could you imagine that Marriott should totally have a glamping thing? Go buy that yurt company. And be like, <laughs> I would use those points all the time. Yeah, Anyhow, I that was so I, I had a great old time. How about you?
0: Uh, so, yeah, the, uh, when we keyed in on roughing it, this is like without question one of my most schizophrenic lists ever. Um, like, it doesn't, like, if I didn't tell you what the the title of this episode was, this list makes no sense. (laughs) Like, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Once the title's there, I actually think I'm really proud of this list because it's there is a through line and it's a really good through line. Uh, But if you just, like, gave someone these five movies and said, what do they all have in common? It might be a stretch for some people to get to where where I was
1: getting at. (laughs) Yeah, I think I have, including... Contender for Shawshank, Pong, and the top five. I think I have no more than three that any that, that anyone be able to go like. Oh, I, I guess I guess the the through line here. Uh, I have a bit of a rubric this week. Did you have any kind of guiding principles on your end? Uh,
0: so I I didn't. The only thing that I really tried to orient on is could I defend that it was a a roughing it type movie to Jeremy. That was literally the only rubric
1: that I went with. Um, what did you What did you come up with? Here's what I got. Uh, so. Look, JT, I don't know if we want to play a little sad music, but if there was sad music just there. Every week now. Is this a thing you're going to do? You're going to make me edit every week? Either that or just, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so the four things I had were how rough, like, like scrounging for food, like eating bugs, or just kind of uncomfortable. Okay. I have... How successful at roughing it were they? Like, did they barely survive, you know, pulled out of some chasm somewhere, missing a, missing an arm? Or did they crush it and, like, make things? I have creative use of resources. Clever. Yeah. You know, are they using, like, fig leaves for underwear? It's really good. And then the last one I put in is do I believe that those the character in question would have actually survived the scenario in question?
0: Interesting. Oh, boy. That would put a real freight train
1: through a couple of my picks. (laughs) Well, they don't have... I mean, they didn't have to. Like, technically, I don't think I... Did any of mine? I think I, I have... Yeah, I don't have any, like... Crazy sad endings here to my cat. My 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 protagonists do okay, Okay. but um, I didn't think about. It. I actually should have. Maybe it should have had one where they all die in the end, or something like that. <laughs> Donner Party, the movie. Oh god, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so. Now, JT, did you end up with a Shawshank contender? I I do have a Shawshank. You do, I do as well. And by the way, The Shawshank is our homage to our first episode, the most rewatchable movies. We both peg Shawshank as that, and so this is now our our category definer. And so, without further roughing, I don't know where I am going with this. Oh, actually, it's my turn to go first, isn't it? It is. <laughs> I always try to get you to go first. Okay, I did do. I I, I did not put in guessing shtick for my my Shawshank. Okay. I don't know why I didn't. I just I'm looking at my notes right now, and it's the one thing that has no notes. And I also have a hunch it's your pick. Okay, go ahead. Castaway. No.
0: Oh. Oh. No. Um, I accept it as a Shawshank for sure. Uh, It is in Contender Pong, Um, and I can tell you just because you already did it. I will tell you what my five words were. Long story about package delivery.
1: Nice. I would have gotten that. In the roughing category, that would have worked. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah, Castaway was uh, was going to be a Shawshank, but instead I will give you mine, which came out December 12th of 2018. And my five words are, most gripping watch,
1: literally. Uh, I think you're going to a movie we've talked about a few times recently. That would be... I'm assuming this is Free Solo.
0: Yep, we've talked about it a ton. I don't want it in here, but it is a it's a very roughing it
1: it's a very roughing it movie. Interesting. It's an interesting pick. It's it, I like it cuz you're playing in the category and you know, he lives he lives in a van down by the river. So,
0: no, he literally Matt Foley's the whole
1: thing. <laughs> Can we make that movie? Can we have a mashup of, of Alex and Matt Foley? <laughs> I want that. Uh, I, is he roughing it? He is roughing it. It's unquestionable and it's a phenomenal movie. I'll be honest, JT. I don't love it as a Shawshank for the category because it, like, it's not a roughing it movie in my thing, but it's such an awesome movie and you know, it does play rough on his fingertips.
0: Well, the reason I Shawshanked it specifically was because we've talked about it a ton and I just didn't think it needed more airtime, but all the things you just said. The entire thing is outdoors. The dude literally lives in a van. It's a bunch of other people who look like they probably smell like they live in vans. Like it just, it has all of the completely outdoorsy thing stuff. And we've talked about why the movie's amazing. And so I just thought that I would just remove it. And I didn't want to do Castaway because I like my five words a lot.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, by the way, I think for the rest of the episode, anytime either of us reference van, it's van down by the river. Van down by the
0: river. Oh yeah, I'm fine with that.
1: All right. So uh, let's kick it into gear. You're up, my friend. I am. I'm going from what I will cons- consider my most the most obvious of my list to my least obvious will be the order I have chosen for today. Okay. December
0: 1960. Oh.
1: Okay. There yeah. <laughs> we go. With a Metacritic, insert record scratching noise right here, ladies and gentlemen, we have made the decision. JT, do you want to share a feeling you have on on said decision? Because I know you have said feelings. I do.
0: I also want to give a shout out uh, to a a loyal listener, Carson, who has been texting me religiously about how we shouldn't use Metacritic anymore. After our Metacritic episode, uh, we have decided that Metacritic is the worst and that we're not going to use it in this context anymore. It's still referenceable. But we want to be able to reference this. We want to be able to reference IMDb scores. We want to reference Rotten Tomatoes because the truth is, is that Metacritic's just wrong—like straight up and down, just wrong sometimes. So it'll still come up because you know it, it does matter and it's a reference point. But we're not going to use it as part of our game of guessing because very often it's misleading. Because Wall Street,
1: Jeremy, keep going. <laughs> Wall Street with a fifty-six. By the way, every time you said the word not, I just felt like you, I just was like inserting in my head, we're not going to protest. We're not, not. going to protest. <laughs> that said for today, I actually am going to leverage the scores a little bit as I go, because I think it's relevant for some of these. This is an interesting one, because it actually only had this. this is your perfect uh, Wall Street, Fer- Ferris, Karate Kid example. It had a Metacritic of 61, but Rod Tomatoes at 82. Yeah, okay. uh, And the fan score is also pretty high. The cast includes John Mills and Dorothy McGuire, which I know to be useless for you at this yep, moment. Useless. Yep. Would it would it help me? Uh, I've seen this movie. This would that wouldn't help me have no a, idea. A, a little bit, not at all. But the five words I will give you are most impressive treehouse ever. Most impressive
0: treehouse ever. And this is from 1960. Oh boy. Um Nothing's coming
1: to mind, even remotely. So this is based on a book written in the 1800s. Okay. Entitled Swiss Family Robinson. I've never seen this. I hadn't seen it till about a year ago. And I read the book uh, two years ago. I read the book. I was like, wow, this, was a, this book holds up. And by the way, that book holds up. And I was like, my kids, like we had been camping a lot that summer, actually. I was like, we're going to watch this movie. This is a crazy, bonkers movie, JT. First of all, it should have been the actual Shawshank because it is like the most, it it, it like castaways castaway. Um, <laughs> but they built like this house in the, they built a tree house with like a working elevator. Oh. There's waterfalls. There's like all sorts of crazy things they've made. It's it's beautiful. Like I would live there over many other places. And If they had this thing on Airbnb, it would be booked every night. I'm just saying that that way. It was amazing. Okay. Here's some crazy trivia and, and, and I, I've been trying to avoid the crazy trivia but when I went looking at this movie, first of all animals are straight up injured in the filming of this movie you know that warning at the end of at the, that label at the end of the movie no no animal was injured there was no label in this movie because animals were injured because in the time nobody cared. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh 1960. <laughs> yeah,
1: like 1960. What do you get? Oh, you get you get to like stick the pig in, with a knife to make him squeal? Okay, just do that because we need the squeal or nice. whatever. I'm not saying that actually happened, <laughs> by the way. I'm just saying that might <laughs> have. It might have. Like Disney's been like chased chastened or or chastised. that's the word chastised. For well probably chastened as well. For uh for this one. Here's my other cool bit of trivia for you. The name of the director is one Ken Anakin. Oh. This is somebody's favorite movie of all time. Can you guess who that person is? I'm going to go with George Lucas. That is correct. Wow. Okay. He named Anakin Skywalker after this man. And I think that's awesome. He has since retracted that statement, by the way, which makes it even goofier because he's on record as saying it. Right. That's hilariously weird. (laughs) Yeah. Very, very weird. Uh, anyhow, I actually recommend watching it. Uh, there's a little there's a little sort of campy kind of violence near the end of it. Uh, as you know, gotta have that conflict scene. Sure. But it's fun. It's it's sort of fun to watch in like it it's like a really extended episode of MacGyver, you know. Oh yeah. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, because I mean they literally make everything, right? I mean that's yeah. sort of the whole point. And like the dad is basically like a living encyclopedia effectively. so they're like I think I think he's like um, I'm pretty sure he builds his own still. I like he's he's like making stuff. like wow, you know, making.
0: Like he would do really well on everything on A and E, forged in fire, builders things, construction things, all those things.
1: I would watch a CGI version of this character with Bear Grylls doing everything. Nice. Well, t- perfect. There, there you go. So that's it. Should have been the Shawshank, but due to a, I've only seen it once, and B, some of the controversy. I didn't feel I couldn't honor a movie that would actually harm a little a little piggy. Poor little piglets. Uh,
0: It's a great pick. Makes sense. Makes total sense. Uh, Like I said, haven't seen it. Obviously, I know what it is. Uh, I have read the book a long time ago. Uh, So, yeah. All right. I get it. It's very, very very much starting the episode off the right way, I
1: think, like orienting the episode. That's good because I go way off track pretty soon.
0: Okay, good. Uh, All right. So, I'll go with mine. So, my list goes from – I think like best answers to worst answers in that, like literally <laughs> I'm going to start with like, these are good things and then it's going to wind up going to these are dumb things. Okay. Uh, first one came out on January 8th of 2016. I will give you Will Poulter and Lucas Haas.
1: Lucas Haas is still making movies in 2016. Oh, wait. Uh. Oh, um, it's not 2016. This isn't this is too recent to be little Miss Sunshine, right? That is correct. Oh my goodness. I think I this is going to bug me. This is going to bug me. Keep going. Yeah. I got two two five words for you. One which is like a nerdy
0: one for for you and I and one which I think is like clever. Which one do you want first?
1: I mean, I always like clever.
0: Okay. Unbearably cold camping trip.
1: I'm I'm guessing from your emphasis of unbearably that it might be the Revenant. It's Revenant, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very clever.
0: So my other my other five words were Frontiersman goes full tauntaun because <laughs> he climbs inside the bear. <laughs> I you
1: know I would have guessed. Uh, didn't they make like an Into the Wild movie? I would I have guessed that if you had said that one because I haven't seen either. I didn't see the Revenant. Oh really? Me. Yeah, I don't know. It just was. One of those that slipped through. Totally fair. So I, I won't go
0: too far into the movie then. Uh, however, I think even just knowing what the movie's about, like this one is roughing it in every way, <laughs> shape, and form that you could possibly imagine. Oddly enough, I went back through all 50 episodes that we've recorded. I have never talked about this movie with the exception of it was in Pong for not a summer movie because it definitely feels big like a summer movie would have been. But considering all the snow. They released it in January. Uh, the reason that I think it's on the list is mostly just because like the movie itself is is like very, very serious and it's very heavy. I would actually say the rewatchability of this is pretty non-existent. But the <laughs> first watch is so impressive. Um, just visually, this movie is like shot so beautifully. Like the the entire film is natural light with one exception, which is such a wild thing considering wow. what they did. Um, I also love this is like a little bit of trivia about this particular movie, which is like it was a chronological shoot. Which I um, love. I love when directors do that. That's like one of my favorite things. It just I feel like it makes more sense. Like it, it, especially a story like this where there's a lot of individual performances. Speaking of which, holy performances, Batman! Like, yeah. Oh God, Leo in this was so good. Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy's incredible. Tom Hardy in this was so good. So much so that leo bet hardy that he was going to get an oscar nomination for his role and hardy was like no way and they wound up betting a tattoo to which hardy did get nominated and so now tom hardy has a hand scribed tattoo that says leo knows all on his person
1: <laughs> wow do we know where the tattoo is placed
0: i don't and i didn't i didn't want to dig any deeper because my my google search history is already weird enough because of this podcast <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that's an incognito thing to know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But listen, uh, I, I don't want to talk
0: anymore about this because at some point you really should see it. Um, no? You're just not going to do it? Nah, probably not
1: going to happen. Okay. I, I mean, he fights... This is one of those, like, I felt like the preview left you with, if I'm not mistaken, the movie, basically, there's like, a, there's sort of like immunity kind of thing. Like, there's a... Group and like yeah, the they sort of split up and there's a bear and Leo. Oh yeah, Leo's left for dead and he kills a bear and he lives in the bear's fur and then eventually finds the group. I think there's a girl and then there's probably some kind of showdown between Leo and Tom Hardy. And I would, you know, I'm probably going to assume Leo wins it. And you know, tell me that part if you really don't want to. But do I have some of the story? I mean.
0: Yeah, you've got a lot of it. I mean, you you basically have a good majority of what happens going on. Um, I would say that, as someone who is into movies as you are, what Alejandro did in this visually is probably worth your time, okay? Uh, because it is very impressive. It also is. I would I would argue it's it's potentially some of um, some of Leo's best work. Uh, the score is absolutely beautiful. It's, um, it's Raikuchi's Sakamoto, I think, like like crazy, crazy good music. Um, Yeah, listen, it's a movie movie. It's like a film movie. Yeah. that again, like I saw it once. If it's on again, I'm not going to be like, ooh, Revenant. I'm going to be like, oh, boy, Revenant. Like it's like right. a heavy movie. But considering what they accomplished and what they were able to do, and they told a story which is loosely based on a true story, by the way, which is pretty cool, um, about the 1800s. Like it's an interesting trope for sure, and I, I highly recommend
1: it. I'll at least check part of it up. It'll it'll get at least a row out of me. Yeah, sure, there you go. Perfect. It's row worthy. Row worthy. <laughs> all right, my next and also in the in the theme of I'd say obvious-ish kind of picks, moving from 1960 to August of 86. Uh and this t- case, I will say it's an IMDb's 212th highest voted movie of all time and clocks it at 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh wow. It includes Mr. Kiefer Sutherland and Sir Richard Dreyfus. What year is this? 86. Is this Stand By Me? It is.
0: Oh, this is a movie that you've never had on a list before, but I have.
1: Yeah. All right. I I, I, I actually thought you'd have this again, to be honest. My five words, which I love, just because it's such a part of the movie for me, is the friends when I was 12. Yep. That's one of the best is... lines of ever, ever, ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. This, you know, this is a great movie. I mean, what 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 are you going to say about it? Like, everything that's needed to be said has been said. I think I'd like to actually watch it with my kids in the next year-ish. I think it's about time. Uh, I'm curious if it holds up. I still know one thing does not hold up, which is the CGI or whatever they do for them jumping off the, the train bridge. Correct. Which, I don't know why, bothers me more than so many other things do. Because I would say this movie is just near perfect, except for that poorly done special effect. Yeah, that's fair. Which which is particularly odd considering who made it. You know, like no reason for it to not be good. None. 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 And uh, yeah, I'm you know, Stephen King, blah, blah, blah. We all know Stand By Me. We all love Stand By Me. They rough it. I'm still afraid of Chopper. Chopper. <laughs> chopper. It's Chopper. And uh, that's it. And I was 13 when this came out, by the way. So this was like perfect timing.
0: Yeah, I remember when I, the first time I brought this because I think I brought this up twice at some point in our talks. And I remember both times thinking like, oh man, Jeremy was one of these kids like in real time. Like he was he was, you know, you, you got to pick like is were you will Wheaton, Were you you know, were you River Phoenix? Like you got to be whoever you wanted to be, but you definitely like associated with these kids in a way that I did too, watching it, but much later in life.
1: Yeah, I probably, I definitely wasn't. I was not cool. I was no River Phoenix. I was either like Jerry, o- Jerry O'Connell or Will Wheaton. I got to think about it. that's a good question. That should be like that's like the everybody does the Harry Potter Sorting Box thing, the hat. There should be like which which Stand By Me boy were you?
0: Yeah, the the secret is is that your instinct at that age is to be river to be River Phoenix for sure until you're older and realize that he was horribly emotionally and physically abused and came from a really bad house.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he was so cool, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'll so I'm gonna say that this movie was clearly like, oh, I should use Stand By Me, and then I was like, you've used Stand By Me before, which I will use this as an opportunity to say. My entire top five are first-time top fives.
1: Ooh, uh, I don't, I can't make that claim. And for the most part, they're actually
0: like really never mentioned before at all, with the exception of the Revenant, which I I, I called out, I brought up once. Um, everything else in my top five, I've never once talked about. Um, that not not true for Pong, although kind of true for Pong too.
1: I have a lot of new stuff actually. Like I haven't talked about either of those two before, right? I think I have one of my top fives that was a reuse. But all right, let's hear your next one then.
0: So next one, we are staying in the, this actually is like a serious, like I'm actually putting this forward as a legit movie that belongs on this list. Uh, October 2nd, 2015. Uh, this cast is wild. Uh, I'll give you Sean Bean and Michael Pena.
1: I would have given you Sebastian Stan and Benedict Wong. Okay. My five words are out of this world survivalist. My five words are very advanced math for potatoes. Yeah. So this is the Martian. (laughs) It is. And are we sharing this pick? Oh, yeah. I'm not taking this off my list for a heartbeat. This is a great pick. And this was my next one, by the way.
0: Okay. So, yeah. So the reason that I picked, I was so proud of myself when I thought of this because I was like, this is the most roughing it dude ever. Like this is the ultimate camping trip. He needs to make his own food, literally make it. He's secluded from everyone. There's just mad dirt. Like he's surrounded by, he's got red dirt and regular dirt. He's got different kinds of dirts. He's like measuring dirts.
1: (laughs) He's got, he's got the dirty pooped in.
0: Yeah. He's got all this different dirt and he's got to do all this gross stuff. And uh, you know, Matt Damon was like an absolute monster in this movie. Like he was so, so good. And my favorite part about this movie, uh, like Damon sort of like stole the show, obviously, because he basically was the show. But the thing I liked the most about this movie actually was I thought Ridley Scott did such a good job of explaining what the hell was going on so that you as a watcher felt like it was legit and understood it at the same time. So much so that I found out like he actually like consulted NASA on a bunch of stuff, which also then led me to this piece of trivia, which is that like NASA is federally funded, but it doesn't charge people. Anything like private or nonprofit, like nonprofit organizations, it doesn't charge. It just gives away all of their stuff, which I just thought was interesting. I didn't know that. So that was like
1: a today I learned thing. Well, that explains why Tang is so cheap.
0: Right, <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, yeah. But that, that was like, those are my two big things. My, I, I want to hear why it's on your list too. But like Damon and then the biggest thing for me was I thought this is like, this is kind of a blueprint for like explain things to me that make sense and that I believe and sound real just enough, but not so much that I feel like an idiot and I'm lost. I actually thought this was like a masterclass and not going over the line of sciencing.
1: I think that that's really, really well said. So I would read the book when it first came out by Andy Weir, uh, who is basically, a, this was his first book. And, and he crowd, did he crowdfund the book? He, he basically did a thing where he put each chapter online and then had it only as a Kindle ebook. And then it blew up. There were two books that year that blew up. This was one of them. The other was a book called Wool, which I love. Uh, And after, while reading The Martian, he does the same thing in the book. He's basically, you know, Matt Damon does an amazing job in this movie because he represents the audience, right? And usually in a movie where you have that character, that character is not the expert at something that character is the, is often the fish out of the water or whatever. So they don't know things and everything gets explained to them. And that's why you have too much exposition in movies. In this case, Matt Damon plays the role of the expert and the audience at the same time yeah. and uses his little journal to himself as the vehicle, which I think whoever's conceit around that was, was so brilliant because that's what makes it work per what you're saying. Like that's why it works because he has to do both. And, uh, to regarding the list by the way this is the second thing i wrote down after castaway before i had uh, any of the others those are my first two and my note was it's castaway in space
0: yeah that's basically right um that's very well said i hadn't i don't know that i'd thought of it in that sense um which is why i I love when we talk about stuff like this because you see things like that um but you're giving me a like uh, there's the one scene where he like cries into the camera, like when he's like really yeah. devastated. So I found out in that scene that they filmed that at the, like towards the end, Ridley Scott intentionally did it towards the end when he had been filming by himself for like two months, everybody else had been caught cause they filmed all that other stuff first. So they only had like a shorter shoot. So it was wow. just him. So he was actually feeling like very alone in those moments, which is why, his journal entries come in so genuine as the audience because he was alone. Like it was him and a bunch of crew. And he obviously is a great actor. Um, I do have one really fun sort of uh, guessing game for you. Yeah. So this movie, impeccably done visually and sound wise, like so, so, so good. Nominated for sound mixing, editing, visual effects, and achievement in production design. And it lost all of them. <laughs> to one
1: movie, can you guess what movie it was? 2015 I think that's later my 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 instinct is the Avengers but I think that came out earlier than this I don't remember if it was earlier but it's not the Avengers is it a is it like a is it a marvel movie It is not a marvel movie so 2015 movie that won was it special effects? What were all the categories?
0: Sound mixing, sound editing, visual effects, and achievement in production design. It's a movie we have talked about multiple times.
1: 2015 production visual effects. Oh, visual. Uh, um, Mad Max Fury Road. There he is. I knew you'd get there it you eventually. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's tough competition.
0: I just felt so bad because I was looking at it and I was like, that movie stood out to me this one's like one of the first ones it wasn't the first one but it was like first two or three that came to my mind i was like oh my god this is like such a clever pick i feel i'm really proud of myself i hope jeremy doesn't have this which of course means you do um (laughs) but at the same time i was like man like researching it i was like it it was nominated for everything but i don't remember it winning anything and i was like why didn't this win anything like visually this is a unbelievably impressive movie and then i was like oh right mad max that's why (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Mad Max, yeah. By the way, the reason I picked uh, those two as my clue clue people was to get you to say an Avengers movie,
0: which is funny because that's why I had Michael Pena. I was like, Sean Bean and Michael Pena. Sean Bean easily could have been some background random dude in one of the Avengers movies. So I was like, yeah, those guys feel like Marvel people.
1: Exactly. Nice. Yeah, the cast is insane. I had no idea. Dude, that. This it's
0: funny when I was going through it. I was like, all right, Matt Damon, Jessica Chastain, Kristen Wiig, Kate Mara, Jeff Daniels. I was like, oh my god, like I don't remember this. I don't remember there being this many people, but that's because I don't remember there being many people. My memory of that movie is basically Matt Damon.
1: <laughs> yeah, all the stuff at the JPL and at the NASA press lab, you don't you, like I don't remember what Sebastian Stan does in this movie for the life of me. I remember Benedict Wong. That's
0: the one that screwed me up when you said Sebastian Stan, I'm like, I don't remember him being in this movie at all, like
1: at all. Yeah, definitely do for a rewatch. I saw it when it first came out and uh I want to see it again now. Yeah, I should watch again. All right, I think that means it's my turn again, because that was a chance back
0: to you. Okay, so let's do June 29th, 2012. Um, speaking of absurd casts, uh, how about I give you Lucas Hedges and Bob
1: Balaban? <laughs> uh, I know Bob Balaban... From the Christopher Guest movies, and as the NBC exec on Seinfeld, what was he in in 2012? I'm trying to remember if Christopher Guest had the movie in 2012. I don't. Th- I think that actually might have been one for your consideration came out, but I don't think that's where you're going with this. And you said bonkers cast. All right, let's hear your five words, buddy. Young lovers run away awkwardly. Young Lovers. Awkwardly. And it's not going to be an indie film with, if you're saying the cast is insane. Maybe it is. Uh, and there's uh, 2012. I don't think I have anything for this. And I'm looking at my original list of all those movies. I, 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 you got me. What you got? There's a chance you haven't seen this. Let me give you a couple more casts just in
0: case. Bruce Willis, Ed Norton... Tilda Swinton, Francis McDormand, Bill Murray, Jason Schwartzman.
1: Is the, oh, this, I have not seen this. It's the other Wes Anderson, it's the, the camp one. There uh, it is. Moonlight, yep. Moonlight Kingdom? Moonrise Kingdom, very Moonrise good. Moonrise Kingdom, yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. No, Moonlight's the other movie. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, don't confuse those two. Uh, no, I never saw this one. All right, so- I won't go too much into it
0: because I actually really do want you to see this. I actually happen to think, so first of all, like Wes Anderson, the fact that this is a Wes Anderson movie that I haven't talked about considering how much I love Wes Anderson was crazy to me. So much so that I double and triple checked my list. I'm like, I had to have brought this up before. Not once, never talked about it, which made no sense. Um, arguably one of my favorites he's ever done. This is so quirky and so sweet. Like This is, every, this is the most Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson can be. Because he's tackling like young love. And he does it in this like adorably silly but very realistic, like and kind of a really smart way. I actually think like in the recent, I don't know, let's call it the last like 10 to 15 years, like when you tackle young love, like with the exception of maybe like Love Simon or Perks of being Wallflower, I don't know that there's been a better sort of edge on this that really showed you like the intensity of the emotion of 12 year olds and like how serious it feels in comparison to this like juxtaposition of this Wes Anderson created very unusual world happening on the other side and how the parallels are stronger than you would think. And I'll kind of leave it at that because I do actually want you to see this, but this whole movie is literally about camping and running away and tents and fires and badges and all the things that are roughing it and outdoors as a kid. And I can't believe I've never talked about it before. And so Moonrise Kingdom is, is firmly planted in this in this top five for me and pretty much immovable.
1: Nice. I uh, I definitely have it on my watch list. Where would you rank it? Really quick, real time. Rank it with Rushmore, Royal Tenenbaums. Okay. We'll keep Darjeeling out of it because we both don't like it. And uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. So
0: it's just like impossible because they're all such different movies and I love all of them. But I would I would probably say that for me – I'm gonna go with this one being probably two. I think, I think Rushmore's one. I think this is two. I think Tenenbaum's three. Um, and I think, oh god, yeah. I'm gonna stick with that. Realistically, they're all they're like they're interchange they're all interchangeable depending on the day. To be honest, I like Wes Anderson so much.
1: <laughs> as long as you
0: keep Rushmore on top, I think the rest is fine. Rushmore is the best movie he's ever done. And like, and I don't yeah. think that's – I think that's kind of – I don't think – I think that's unassailable. Like he's – that's the best movie he did. I, I think Tenenbaums and this are so different because Tenenbaums is so dark. Like it's right. so, so dark. Grand Budapest Hotel is closer to this where there's a lot of light in it, um, but it's a little heavier and a little more serious. But it tackles a lot of the same themes. Like they're very, very similar in the sense of like young love and so, sort of like being a part. Like, you know, he's got a thing. He's got a shtick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those two are significantly f- more fun movies Tenenbaums is just so well acted uh, but the kids in this movie were killer man they were so 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 good I really like this movie this is a great for him this is probably among the most rewatchable of, of what he does just because it's so lighthearted. like it's it's a totally different kind of movie than he usually does and it, it still has all the Wes Anderson clearly has some childhood trauma he's working through stuff um, <laughs> but it's just not as like in your face
1: fair enough you know, in honor of your uh, attempt to have all new picks, I'm gonna my, I realized that both of my next two were previous picks, so I'm gonna just put them in Pong. Oh wow. Just just for the funsies of shifting around a little. And I'm gonna take two of my Pong and just make them the things. Just just cuz.
0: Eh,
1: it's, it's our show. You can do whatever you want, but I'm here for it. I, I, I will say, you know, from a pure integrity of picks perspective, the two I'm now demoting. Would have been, were my actual top tops. but Okay. For for hashtag podcast living. (laughs) (laughs) So, July 1979. Okay. With a, and I went and read the reviews to find out why, with a Metacritic score of 38. Oh, boy. But when you actually read the reviews, this is the problem with Metacritic, because they try to make the force the number... Basically, the reviews were all middling. This is really like a C minus kind of movie. Okay, right? Uh, they were they were all sort of five, six, four, five, six, seven out of ten kind of reviews. Uh, Ebert gave it two stars, you know, that that kind of stuff. So watchable, not great, but watchable. Whereas okay. to me, thirty eight firmly represents unwatchable movie. Sure, yeah. So July of nineteen seventy nine. I'm going to give you the leading actors because I'm betting against you having seen or heard of this movie. Okay. But I could be very wrong because yeah, from from all you tell me, your mom showed you some great stuff. So we'll see. Okay. Harrison Ford and Gene Wilder. I mean, clearly I know both of them very well. Uh, Those two in a movie together is not striking any chords right now, though. And this is like a you know that you don't. So the five words I'll give you are, I don't ride on Shabbos.
0: Oh, no. I feel like that's a really good clue, and it's making me think of something that's not coming to my head fast enough to get it out of my mouth, my stupid mouth. What is it?
1: It's a movie called The Frisco Kid.
0: Yeah. So I have not seen this, but I am familiar with this movie.
1: So, look, it's not great. This is not cinema. I mean, again, even just using Ebert's two stars Which feel about right like I'd go two and a half would probably be where I'd end up But I personally like it way more than that For okay. me, it's a First of all, again, I saw it when I was a kid Saw it with my mom, seen it a couple times since So the quick story is It's a rabbi fresh off the boat from Poland Set somewhere in the 1800s Maybe late, I don't know Where there's still cowboys So that's got to be Harrison Ford as the rabbi, right? <laughs> of course <laughs> He's a quarter Jewish, not too shabby, as I recall.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: <laughs> so Gene Wilder is like, plays your traditional Polish Jewish rabbi who gets off the boat and he's supposed to go to San Francisco to both, I, be, I believe, to, if I'm not mistaken, to both become the rabbi and marry somebody's daughter because this is the time of arranged marriages and all that. Something goes wrong, wrong on his uh, wagon, what, wagon? Wagon ride, wagon train, whatever. However, he's getting there. It ain't working out so good. Got it. Harrison Ford is a cowboy who saves him and then leaves him and then saves him and then leaves. One of those kind of things. Okay. He's very, very like Han Solo without the uh, Millennium Falcon. Got it. Well, right. So Han Solo, so horse solo. <laughs> you know, now that I think about the beard Wilder has, it's almost uh, a little. Little Chewbacca ish. <laughs> Come on, horse solo was funny. <laughs> I love horse solo. I was about to start using that. So I won't go like there's a bunch of different conflicts that emerge, and there's a really, really beautiful scene about him waiting for the sun to set that both ties into the Shabbat thing and like the action adventure part of the story. Okay. I think it's totally worth seeing. It's it's a sweet, simple movie. You know, you're not gonna watch be blown away like a got to see that right away again or anything. Certainly fits in the category, and, uh, you know, I wanted to make it a little personal.
0: I I love this on all the levels. I think this is a great pick. I'm sure you probably left out a much better movie, but this is a great pick. And it couldn't work out better with what's about to happen on my list, so I'm happy you set me up for success. <laughs> all right, do it, buddy. Uh, all right, March 3rd, 1995.
1: There is no Metacritic rating. They didn't rate it. All I know is that's my birthday, so... Movies that came out on my birthday in 1995. All right. I will give you Farrah Fawcett and George Went. All right. So I'm immediately assuming this is one of those biz- like 100 people in the cast, like Cannonball Run style. No, not it's that. Not, it's not that. And it's not like Road Trip. No, 1995. One that's a little too early for a road trip. Too early for a road trip. And it's not, uh, and I think you brought this up before, so I assume it's not, but uh, Camp Nowhere or Camp. I have brought that up before, um, but that is not this movie. Farrah Fawcett and George Went. The only thing I'm even thinking of George Went in the movie at all is actually Fletch. So, fun story. He
0: shares screen time with someone who was in Fletch in this movie as well.
1: It's if that's somebody's Chevy Chase. Is this one of the vacation movies? It's not a vacation movie, but it is Chevy Chase. And it's is it what else? I, I mean, I'm now desperate here. Cops and Robertsons? like <laughs> what? What terrible movie are we talking about here? This is the only
0: Chevy Chase movie in the '90s to open at number one. Just to be clear,
1: <laughs> Chevy Chase in the is this is this animated? It's not animated. How do I not know this movie? I do um, know this movie. I'm sure of that. You probably do. I don't think you Oh, saw wait. It. I don't
0: have your five words. Right. My five words are guided out of trouble indeed.
1: What are you talking about? Guided out of uh, trouble. I'm thinking now, I'm starting to think of movies like, like Trapped in Paradise or something like that. Is there a Dana Carvey in this? This feels like. Let me give you Jonathan Taylor Thomas and see if that brings it home. Uh, No, JTT wasn't one of my, It's not my squad.
0: So this is one of those few times where everyone who's listening that's of my generation is screaming at the top of their lungs, Jeremy, how did you not get Man
1: of the House? Oh, I've never seen that.
0: Right, and that's fair because you would have been like in your 20s and it would have been weird. But when I tell you that everybody my age knows this movie really well and sadly for you
1: introduced Chevy Chase to a lot of people my age, Man of the House was a big deal. I just kind of want to take off my headphones and walk away right now. That's a horrible thing to hear. I mean, it's sad, but true. Now, luckily for me, my mom was awesome and I grew up with
0: Saturday Night Live, although I do remember sort of like – being really excited that the guy from the uh, Paul Simon, <laughs> the Paul Simon music video was was in a movie. That's really
1: just more of a joke to make you sad. JT, if it's any solace, 1986 or whatever, me that when they first saw you can call me Al the video, thought no joke. Wow, Chevy Chase does music too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I knew that he was joking it up in the video, but I and, and I grew up on Simon and Garfunkel. But remember, they didn't make music videos in the seventies. Right. Yeah, so this yeah. just like Paul Simon's first real big video, and to me, it was like, "Hey, look, Fletch makes music. <laughs> Fletch makes music is great." Um, yeah. So, look, uh,
0: this movie is, is not particularly good, but it's it's so nostalgic. Here's the short story. Okay, uh, Chevy Chase is dating Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett is Jonathan Taylor Thomas's mom. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, not a big fan of Chevy Chase. Uh, lots of hilarity ensues. They join this like Indian Scouts club. Uh, Chevy Chase is a lawyer. Uh, he's prosecuting some bad guys. They wind up in the woods. George Went and a bunch of misfit kids who are not as cool as JTT <laughs> all have to like come together and basically wind up fending off these really, really bad mob guys. Um, there you go. That's basically
1: the whole story. I think I've seen that in four or five other variations before. Hundreds,
0: hundreds. (laughs) However, at the time, right? Like this is like peak JTT time, which I had like a love hate relationship with Jonathan Taylor Thomas because my name is JT. And I also sported a similar sort of like floppy bowl cut. Um, But he was and still is significantly better looking than me by a lot. And so that was always very frustrating. Um, But this movie had him, which brought all of the girls my age to the theaters, (laughs) Um, it had Chevy chase, which I think brought a lot of parents to the theaters and it had Norm from cheers. And there's a fun little thing in this where Norm's kid, well, George Wendt's kid in this movie is named Norm. Um, But if I can be personal for a minute, like this movie was a big deal to me because I grew up without a dad and I grew up with a mom who dated people. And it like sort of subtly really did talk about like how challenging that is for all three of them individually And, like, I walked away from this, like, thinking, like, oh, so what I – it's not that I don't want my mom to date. It's that I want somebody that's going to take care of her and that can be a part of our family. Hooray, life lessons. (laughs) Like, that's literally, like, what I remember about this movie and a bunch of really dumb, really I was 10-year-old scenes that at the time were the funniest thing I had ever seen. Um, You know, have I seen this recently? No. Should I? Definitely not. Will I? Maybe now that it like came to mind. Cause this is when you say the first thing that came to mind was cast away. This was the first movie that jumped in my head. Like immediately. Wow. wow. I haven't seen it in 20 years, like, <laughs> like easily in 20 years. Um, but yeah, man, man of the house. Like there's, there's a lot of people who are my age right now who are either in violent agreement or violent disagreement, that this is a good movie, but I promise you they all saw it.
1: Fair enough. By the way, I, I did do a quick pull up while you were, while you were chatting for a second. Cops and Robertsons came out right before Man in the House. They both have the exact same IMDb score because neither have Metacritic because I don't know if any critic ever bothered with either terrible movie. Probably not. What do you think that IMDb averages?
0: Um, uh, 5.6.
1: Pretty close, 5.2.
0: Okay, yeah. I mean, look, the funny thing about this is like this movie made $40 million in the box office and it was the most successful Chevy Chase movie of the 90s. Like that's the crazy part.
1: Look, Chevy's my boy, but successful Chevy Chase movie of the '90s is sort of like successful Ski Dolrich movie of the 2000s.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was not his best era for sure, Uh, but you know, it's 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 a stop on the journey, and it it did introduce him to a lot of kids my age, which isn't a bad thing. We love Chevy Chase. Well, although we don't know, we love him as an actor. We might not love him as a person. (laughs) Everything I've said,
1: not great, but you know, whatever. We'll see. It doesn't seem great. Doesn't seem great. Doesn't seem great. Although I would, if if given the opportunity to hang with him for a night, I still would. Of course. Just because that, truthfully, that movie means, Fletch in particular means so much to me. Anyhow, last pick for the night, day, morning, afternoon. Depends when you're listening. Here it is at 3 in the a.m. So, uh, December 1987. Okay. Uh, Middling score, 62 Metacritic, 75 Rotten Tomatoes, which is probably about right. We got Joey Pants. Yep. And John Malkovich. Malkovich in 87? Oh, yeah. Baby Malkovich. Oh, boy. Who, for the record, looks the same. Well, yeah. It's because he looked like he was 60 when he was 20.
0: I have no (laughs) idea what this is right now.
1: I will give you probably the most literal five-word thing I did. uh, Scrounging around Japanese prison camp. Um, I have no idea what this is. I'll give you another cast member just to see what it does. It's 87. Christian Bale. How old is Christian
0: Bale in 87? Like 12? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this does nothing.
1: I have no idea what this is. The movie's called Empire of the Sun.
0: Okay, so this is a movie that I have heard of and have been told that I should see, and I've never seen this.
1: It's definitely up there in, in every category. It's Spielberg. This is one of those cinematography. The score is beautiful, and you know I care about that stuff. Uh, But the story is great. Christian Bale, this is one of those, like, Christian Bale did this. A few years later, he does Newsies. And then basically the next time you see him is either uh, uh, American Psycho or Batman. Like, he doesn't do a lot in that interim stage. He is so good. You know when you think about, like, child actors and how few of them – Forgetting all the, the issues they face, but just performance-wise. Yeah. He's this just amazing, I don't know, tween. I don't know if he's like 10, 12, 14, but somewhere around there. It's apparently based on the true story of, you know, America, a British family in the, in China, Japanese uh, attack, and take everybody to this prison camp. The kid's basically on his own scrounging, and John Malkovich is an American soldier. It and he goes on this wild ride. And I've watched this movie a few times because again, it's 87. So I'm like 14 the first time I see it and obviously utterly relate to the kid. Right. I mean, not not relate to living in the Japanese internment camp, but um to the sort of the like it's told through his his eyes. It's like this childhood, childlike story. I've watched it a few times since, and my rewatching has really, really changed over the years. And it's one of those movies that I'm actually glad to have gone on that journey with because you see it as a kid and then you sort of see it again as like the John Malkovich like hero of the, no, he's not even really a hero. Um, and then you sort of see it later as more like a world war II coming of age kind of thing. It's great. It does hold up. I mean, I haven't seen it now in about 10 plus years probably, but I loved this movie as a kid. Uh, I, this, this soundtrack was something I used in college as a studying. Uh, it was like studying music for me. I, I definitely have it on CD in a binder somewhere. Nice. And I would say Christian Bale and John Malkovich are awesome in it. Absolutely awesome. And it's also the first time I saw Joey Pants in the movie.
0: Hey, Joey Pants. Um, okay, this is, first of all, it's beautifully said. And I love growing with a movie. That's like such a fun thing to do. Like when you see it from the first angle and then you mature and you see it from the other angle and like another angle. So that's, a really, that's just a really cool thing to think through. Um, I will put this towards the top of my list because – Obviously, like for all the movie purposes I've heard that it's great. Um, you know I was I was two when it came out it just never really struck me as a thing I had <laughs> to see. So I didn't I, I never revisited it and specifically with Spielberg's collection, there's so many other things to watch. but uh, based on your description now, I will definitely watch it.
1: Yeah, I'm checking really quick how old Bale was at the time. He was 13. Okay, so he was you literally. Yeah, basically. All right. Uh, Great pick. There you go. Thanks, buddy.
0: Okay, so uh, you just did a movie that uh, I have not seen that I should, and I'm going to do a movie that you definitely probably have not seen and probably shouldn't, but that's okay. Uh, This is August of 2004. I think I could probably give you the whole cast. It won't matter, but I'll give you uh, (laughs) Matthew Lillard and Danielle Cormack.
1: Matthew Lillard, I know, from the Scream Series. Yep, that's him. Who I liked very much and always felt should have had a bigger career. I don't know. I was too young. Maybe I don't know if he's actually any good. I have a hunch I know what this movie is, but I won't remember the title because it feels like a poster I've seen a lot of times. It's possible. So I'll give you the uh my five words were dead friend
0: spawns epic adventure. Is this Final Destination? It's not, but that's a funny. That's a good. It's like a funny pick. Isn't he in that?
1: Did I get that right? He's got to be in one of them. There's like 10. He might well. Yeah, might as well be. In. Yeah. Um, Ted, friend. Now I'm getting all serious. Now I'm thinking movies like Garden State or whatever, but I don't think. There's two more people. Uh, Burt Reynolds and, and Seth Green. This is another. Yeah. Mm, I feel I know this one. Go ahead. Okay. So this has got a, a
0: ravishing 29 on Metacritic, but this is without a paddle.
1: Okay. So I've seen the poster art of this a sure. thousand times. Sure. Thankfully, that's where I stopped.
0: Well, I don't know, thankfully, because we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. So I'm leaning very into my age in these last two picks. So Good. this is, uh, this came out when I was 19. I saw this in theaters. I remember seeing this in theaters. It was so dumb. Um, it's about <laughs> these three kids who lose a friend and all three of them are very different. They are the three archetypes that everyone knows, right? It's like three, it's, it's your buddies. When you think about your buddies, right? One recluse womanizing kind of like crazy dude, one like wanderlust can't figure his life out, whatever. And one scaredy cat. It's, I mean, it is every trope ever. It's the three musketeers. It's the three stooges. It's everything you ever seen. Um, and then, but it's set like in, you know, they're they're in their twenties and they lose a friend and they go and they want to find like they had always talked to their friend about finding DB Cooper's treasure. And so they go on this adventure mm. to go find DB Cooper's treasure. And hilarity ensues. They they have to face all of their worst demons. They have to face each other. They have to like figure out how to make it. It's all in the woods. They're they're camping. They run into Burt Reynolds, which is a direct um Uh, why can't I think of the word? It's a direct, like they're they're pointing back to deliverance. Like he basically is playing like him and deliverance, but years and years later, like this guy who's like crazy, just like nuts living in the woods. Um, And it's just stupid. It's like a stupid (laughs) movie. That's like a ton of great one-liners. Um, like we talked about earlier with Stand By Me, but like in a much less serious sense, it's one of those movies where like you identify with one of the characters mostly, but you identify with each of the characters individually. And if you go with your buddies like I did, you're like, oh, man, you're totally Seth Green. Oh, man, you're totally Deck Shepard. Like it was that sort of a thing. Um, it has one of the most memorable movie scenes, use of popular music in a movie scene of all time for me, which I will ruin because – I, I'm not going to play the music because I don't want to ever give him credit for music again. Uh, but it's the three of them and it's like pouring rain and they're like basically naked and it's freezing, freezing cold and they're in a cave. And so they know the only way to survive through the night is they have to like snuggle, right, as three <laughs> like guys. And they play R. Kelly's, my mom's telling me no. And it's one of like, it's a scene that is so permanently implanted in my head. Um, that it just makes me laugh every single time. I, I think this movie probably would hold up for me because, like, it's exactly what it is and nobody would care. But they are roughing it. Like, they meet all these different people. They're over their skis. This whole movie, with the exception of the beginning and the end, takes place literally in the woods. And it was one of those ones where I was like, there's better movies and there's actually a movie that I cannot believe you didn't pick for your top five, which I'm hoping is one of the two that you moved out. Uh, that I was like, this is a better movie. I want to pick that one. But I was like, nah, Jeremy will pick that. I'm picking without a paddle.
1: <laughs> I'm just telling you from my Pong list, there's almost no way whatever you're thinking of I have picked. Really? I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I've got, again, I got this crazy extended list of stuff to uh, to that I could be referencing that I just didn't pick this time. I Let's go with the Pong and see where we go from here. All right, you 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 are you take it away, my friend. By the way, I'm pledging. I, I don't think I'm going to see without the paddle, but I would watch that scene if we can find it on the YouTube's.
0: Oh, I'll send you the scene for sure. And to be honest, I might watch it soon and tell you that like you and Sam should watch it because it's a it, it totally it's a great like prepubescent like puberty. It's a it's a funny movie.
1: It really is. All right, I think I think to be honest, when you mentioned Lillard, I just sort of assumed it's a garbage movie.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate because like, so in the same year, I think in the same year or in the same time frame, him and Dax were both in Scooby-Doo too. You know what I mean? Like like he had a run of like doing dumb geared at 15 to 22 year old male movies, which probably ruined him because I actually do think he had chops. I can't remember the movie I'm thinking of, but he's in one movie where he's like in a school uniform. And I remember thinking, oh man, this kid can actually really act, but I have no idea. Anyway, pong away. We've got five. Pick carefully with your 30 that you could choose
1: from. I have plenty. Here, I'll do the first. My first two in a row will be the ones that I subbed out. Okay. Uh, July of 88. Uh, my cast members will be high score, by the way. Even Metacritic go, went up to 87. Uh, Joey Pants again. Love it. And this time with Dennis Farina. And my five words are breakfast special, chorizo, and eggs. I have no idea. Uh, Midnight Run.
0: Okay. Have seen it long time ago. No memory of it. But
1: yeah, sure. That makes sense. You, you got to put that one way back up on the list. I know. Just, I think we've, this has come up before, way back up there. Yeah, I know. Just yeah. way back up there. Yeah, fair. enough. Way much. back. All the way up.
0: So this is the one that I can't believe you didn't have. I thought this one was such a fun little pick. Uh, June of 1991. Five words. Metropolitan folk learn Western ways. Oh, my gosh. Shitty suckers. Isn't that good? I was like, Jeremy, I'll get this one, so I don't have to do it. That's literally why, without a paddle, made
1: my got to make my list. This is just just barely below Gollum for a rootable antagonist, dude. Like, <laughs> how do I not have City Slickers in here? I don't even understand <laughs> what what has happened here today. Oh, you're right. You're totally right. Totally. 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 Like, is would this have cracked your top five? Yes, especially because I haven't talked about it before. Right.
0: That all that right. was like genuinely like I was like, all right, well, City Slickers, but I think Jeremy will take that because I almost wanted to talk about it because we haven't. It. So it'll come up again.
1: Such an iconic movie, too. Oh, so yeah. good. All right. Well, we'll have to have faith that City Slickers comes back for I mean, this really was the perfect episode. <laughs> yeah, it, <was. laughs> for it So now I'm going to have to come up with a theme one day. I'll be like, JT, guess what we're doing next week. It's. People from the city who go to wilderness. Uh, sounds creative.
0: <laughs> Our top five John Lovett movie, go.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, top five movies where a character does one arm push ups. Right. Top five movies where a character secretly dies and nobody notices for a little while. Right. <laughs> All right. The other one that I put, bumped down and, and I have talked about before June 83. Uh, I am going to point out the scores because it's again such a good point. Metacritic 69, which for our chat basically means really watchable. Ron Tomatoes 88, which is right. Wow. Denholm Elliott and Jamie Lee Curtis.
0: Oh, uh, Friday? Nope, not Friday. No. Not, not, nope. You, know, you know what I meant, though.
1: No, I still don't.
0: Uh, slasher movie, Jamie Lee Curtis, Friday 13th. Halloween? Halloween. She was in Halloween, not. not
1: was she Friday the 13th?
0: No, she was in Halloween, but it
1: happens in the woods, so. Wouldn't know, didn't see it. Don't like horror movies. That's right. I saw Friday the 13th when I was a kid. Oh, my God. Anyhow, uh, no, my five words are from shtad to the slums. From shtad? I, I don't think I know this either. You know this movie, though. It's Trading Places.
0: Why is, who's roughing it? Oh,
1: because. Aykroyd.
0: Oh, clever use of roughing it. Oh, that's very clever. So right. I'll tell
1: you that's that right there is why it was originally my top five because yeah. he's straight up roughing it, yeah, living in the slums. In know, comparison, stealing salmon,
0: so good. Yeah, the salmon on the bus is so gross. That's a great, great, great use of this term. That's good. I'm like you deserve credit for that in your top five because that's very clever. Thanks, buddy. Um, all right, I'm gonna do nineteen nine August of 1994. Uh, a little mud can hurt. Mud can hurt? Can hurt.
1: August of 94.
0: Is this Camp Nowhere? This is Camp Nowhere because his name was Mud. Yeah. I really wanted to talk uh, about uh, this again, but I decided
1: not to. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Do you also have like Troop Beverly Hills in here somewhere? Never seen it. Don't didn't didn't make my 37 entry list. <laughs> Sorry, Diane. Alright. Uh December 01. IMDB's eighth highest-ranked movie of all time. Whoa. Kate Blanchett and Hugo Weaving. Oh my your gosh! Five words are your five words are, and this is leaning into roughing it. No eleven Z's or second breakfasts.
0: Oh my god! I have no idea what this is right now.
1: Fellowship of the Ring.
0: <sighs> roughing it. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well done. Well done. Okay. Uh, uh, let's do. <laughs> uh november 1993 a serious thanksgiving play
1: midweek visit to summer camp <laughs> adam's family values yes yeah nice <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to have you like because midweek wednesday i got you yeah yeah I'm right, right there with you. Right. it's a great clue uh i guess you get to go again because that was one of my pong's.
0: Sure, so uh, let's do... This is my last one, I think, because I I had Castaway. So my last one is August of 2013. This is kind of a silly pick, but I like it. Smuggling is a family-ish affair. Smuggling?
1: Smuggling. 2013? Uh, With Cam? Um, The only thing that's coming to mind, I don't even know if it's it's even remotely right, so I'm just going to say it and be dumb, is We're the Millers. Nailed it! Oh my gosh! That is an amazing guess because for the because nobody could see your
0: face, I could see you were straight guessing. No, that's exactly right. I actually think that movie's
1: really, really cute. That's like a super fun, silly movie. I agree, and all I'll say about that pick is no regrets. No, no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. All right, my last one that also stretches the category a little, bit. May two thousand and eight, uh, Paul Bettany and Gwyneth Paltrow. Five words are creates energy while in a cave. Sorry, in cave. No, uh keep it at five words. Iron Man. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's great. I thought about, I thought I thought about that one actually because he was literally in a cave. He was in the cave. That's great, uh, dude. I'm I'm so impressed with the trading places one. That's so
1: clever. Oh, that was in my initial right away. It's as so- soon as we were clear on category, it was like I don't know what it was about it. It was just right away.
0: I think it's because like I leaned into the outdoor thing pretty heavily just because of like the whole camping deal. And so I sort of like put myself in that box and then was like really proud of myself with the Martian and probably stopped thinking hard after that because I just picked fun stuff. <laughs> um, but that's such a good pick. Although I'm really, I genuinely am so happy that I got you on Slady Slickers because I cannot believe I was like, well, that's he'll so definitely good. have City Slickers. I just assumed so that good. that was like one of the first ones that you would have come up with.
1: Just just to hear because I think you'll appreciate this. The other ones in that like Barely qualified, but are fun to include. I had Enemy of the State Clumber. as a Roughing It. Sure, I had Stargate. Okay, yep. I had I had the Terminal.
0: Terminal, uh, so fun. Oh, that's such a fun pick. That's good.
1: And then I also had The Shawshank Redemption because scrounging with Red and all that.
0: It's funny. I almost Shawshank Shawshank just because it was fun, but <laughs> I wanted to do the free solo. All
1: right, man. Uh, that means you are up for
0: next week which is our 52nd episode. What are we doing, bud?
1: Well, JT, you know, it's been a heck of a year, buddy. has been. And it's time, I think, with a whole year gone by, and it's actually more than a calendar year. This is today would be literally 371 days since our first recording. Yeah. That kind of math was easy, actually. Uh, I think it's time to... Sort of go meta again. I know we did a meta thing last week, but it's time to be re-metaing because we're gonna re-pick the most rewatchable movies. So if you recall back in episode one, top five rewatchables that gave us the Shawshank. I think it's time to revisit. We're gonna reboot the episode. I, I could
0: not be happier to do that because I know what I picked and I'm, I'm ready. <laughs>
1: it's, it's time. Funny enough, I, I we'll talk about this more next week, I can't find my notes from it. So I'm going to have to basically listen to what I said again and oh. uh, go from there.
0: We were in a very different place editing wise, so good luck listening to it. But uh, thank you guys for listening to us. Please do go onto the Instagrams and onto the Twitters and follow us. Also, uh, ratings are really helpful, genuinely. I know I always say we don't care, and we don't really care. We're just happy you're here, but it does help. So uh, please follow us everywhere. Tell your friends, have a good time. Thanks for joining the low tide. Well, wait, the low tide? Top
1: five? The low tide? Is that like a because r- you are camp tide pools, camping, roughing? Yeah, I'll tell you what's rough. What's rough is this ending right now. Terrible.